0: Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth, shifting you into higher consciousness, a show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, interviews with inspiring guests, experts, and celebrities, intuitive readings, channeled messages, mental health awareness, and hot topics to expand your awareness. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Talk Purpose and Truth. It's Kim and Eden. Hi, Eden. Hi, Kim. Thanks,
0: everybody, for listening in to our our new episode. This is going to be great.
1: I'm here with Samantha Guzman, and she is an amazing empowered woman, and she has something great to offer everybody. Here she is.
2: Hi everyone, Samantha, so great to be here. Um, I just wanted to share with everybody the importance of financial independence. I know growing up as a child, I saw parents that were independent but did not have money, skills, or knowledge. So I began to seek out how can I become better in this area of my life so that I can have a better future. In doing that, I started to work with finances and debts. but I found myself still not able to reach my goals and not able to keep the money that I would make. It would go away very fast. I then uh, started to learn this program called Make Money Your Partner by Beth Dana. And this program has taught me how I can attract money, how I can fix those limiting beliefs that I grew up as a child, thinking I'm not deserving of money. And since I've done this program, I've been able to reach all the goals that I set out. I would say this book is like Think and Grow Rich on steroids. It's like the actual application, like what is holding you back deep inside from not getting to your goals. And so as a survivor of domestic abuse and now finally free, my mission is to help women who are mothers, single, anyone that has struggled in their life, learn about money, because if you are financially independent, you can get yourself out of any situation. And if I wasn't independent, I would have still been in that very bad marriage and not had the choice to leave the situation right away and been stuck. But because I was independent, I was able to make a quick decision, call the police and get free and safe. And so I am a domestic advocate, survivor, and certified in that area now. Also a massage therapist. And so I'm looking for women who also want to learn how to become independent financially. It doesn't mean that you don't need a man. It just means that you have your own resources. And if anything ever goes bad in your life, you're able to take care of yourself. So one of my, um, I'm starting my Instagram. I'm still working on everything. It's women.independence and my email is independentwonderwomen with a e at gmail.com and my phone number is 714 609 5038 so if you need help in financial area or you just need someone to talk to about how to get better in these areas i would love to speak with you guys thank you
1: awesome thank you so much for being here samantha thanks yeah so we wanted to find someone very unique with with abilities and experience and topics that we have not yet ever discussed or had on and so i'm going to go right into it because we have a lot to ask her about okay susan huff has been living her gift for over 35 years a born healer she began her journey on the east coast working with teens the rites of passage of losing her mother being diagnosed with breast cancer and suffering through a divorce caused susan's entire life to shift Experiencing so many deeply challenging experiences into rites of passage, which deepened her journey to heal herself emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Studying the teachings of Savanthu Somme, Susan felt her life shifting in new and profound ways. After reading Savanthu's book, The Spirit of Intimacy, several times, she knew they had to meet. When they finally met, they connected deeply and spiritually, and their lives became intertwined almost immediately. And for the next 18 years, Sabanfu mentored her in the practice of traditional African rituals. Through these rituals, Susan expanded the role that Indigenous teachings play in her life and vowed to share this wisdom, creating living your gifts. Having a background in counseling, studying Indigenous healing methods and being an ordained minister, and she's also trained as a life coach. With her diversity of education and experience, she's combined her teachings to develop a coaching practice that honors authenticity and rituals while integrating counseling methods. Susan's approach to coaching focuses on living your gifts and enabling you to share them with the world. She makes it very clear that to really transform, she and all of us need to bring our authentic self forward even when it's difficult. That's what we're all about. Yeah, um, she is the youth coordinator and president for Wisdom Spring Incorporated with a fundraising program, Walking for Water, which has placed over 35 wells in isolated villages in indigenous communities throughout Africa and India. And she has educated over 3000 children and teenagers, both stateside and abroad and trains teens to claim their gifts through leadership, coaching, community connection, as well as humanitarian projects.
3: Wow.
1: Okay, Susan,
3: welcome. Hi. Thank you, Kim and Eden. I'm so happy to be a part of your show. Thank you for having me. Oh,
0: you're welcome. Thanks for being here. Um, y- you reside in where do you live? Lagoon now. Beach,
3: California. Oh,
0: nice. Okay. Almost, yeah, very close to Kim. Um, so you spent
3: a lot of time though in Africa. I wouldn't say I spent a lot of time in Africa, but I spent time in Africa. I spent most of my time in the the States doing the projects with the teenagers here and then um, bringing the water and the wells to indigenous villages in Africa and in India. Okay.
0: Okay. And how did you you begin your work doing that and as a healer?
3: I mean, I, I think I started on the healing path at a very young age. I've always worked with teenagers, but... I would say I transitioned from traditional, you know, counseling, social work and all of that um, uh, about 21 years ago. I read a book written by a woman named somme uh, It was called The Spirit of Intimacy and Welcoming Spirit Home. And after I read the book, I just became infused with Excitement of like how more than excitement, like purpose, something woke up in, inside of me and I became more inspired. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to find her. So I got on the internet after giving the book to about 20 of my girlfriends and making them crazy. I said, I got to find this woman. And so I, you know, researched on the internet and found a place she was teaching in South Carolina. I called them, they gave me a phone number. And for about two months I started calling on the phone and every once in a while somebody would answer and say she wasn't there. And I was like, who doesn't have a freaking answering machine? She's got these two incredible books out. Day, <laughs> she just picked up the phone and said, yes. I said, yes, oh. what? <laughs> and she said, yes, I will do what you want. I was like, I don't know what I want. I just wanted to do, to meet you. Uh-huh. And she said, well, call my assistant tomorrow. And, um, and that's how it started. And then, for the next 17 years, she became my best friend, my mentor. My wow. sister, and I now run, and she passed away five years ago. No. And I run her nonprofit. And um, that's how I became doing the water wells because when she was asked, What would you like to bring back to your people? She said, Well, and I took her to my daughter's high school, and kids all gathered, and she was like the Pied Piper. And um, a teenager, after they met with her, said, they walk for water, why can't we? And I said we can't. And that's how we ended up. Now we've put in probably 39 wells in India and Africa.
1: So. Wow. So yeah. how did how did her book get in your hands to begin with? And what is it like what in I know it probably would take you hours and hours to describe her, but in in general, what really sparked your interest in her that made you feel so compelled to calling and finding her? Well, I
3: when I read her book, what I really loved the most because I'd always I've always loved working with young people and um, teenagers and mothers. It's always kind of been my thing. Um, when a mother is pregnant in the village, uh, the baby will the mother will go into a trance and the baby will speak through the mother what the gift is that the child's bringing to the village. Uh, and when I, I read that, I was like, I want that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, how much easier would my life be if I knew from day one what my gift was? And so when when the baby speaks to the mother, not, not only gets named to be reminded of, of its gift, it also tells the village what it needs to be supported and bringing that gift forward. Wow. And so, I mean, having worked with teenagers already um, at that point, I thought, I believe every one of my teenagers has a gift to bring to the world. And so it just gave me goosebumps. And um, that's why I was so inspired to find her.
0: And I think that's something that's missing for babies when they're born, too. And and even in the womb, we some of them experience feeling unwanted, have that feeling. Um, and they, you know, depending on what's going on in the environment or with the with the mother and some of them are born with uh, the not knowing what their worth is and. They have to sometimes they seek their value and validation outside themselves. And I think that would make such a difference if every baby born here was told what their gift was. It would change so much for people. I,
3: I would agree. And 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 that's what I try to do in my teen projects is I mm-hmm. actually help the kids find their gift in the project. Because we have to learn how to be in community, collaborate, and really wake up our humanitarian hearts. Which in our culture, we don't do that anymore. We uh, we live very individual in our little boxes and our little houses, and we don't extend as far out as we we should, or yet alone collaborate. So mm. the no brainer okay. to be a finder.
1: Yeah, it makes me think of you know that's why Encanto is so popular because in the movie it's about them. You know, figuring out what their gifts are. Yes. So that's interesting. Um.
3: So what led you to studying African rituals? Was that all part of it? Like, I mean, she she did, and in fact, um, I brought her the first time, and she did an intimacy ritual, and I loved it. It was beautiful. And then the next one, she says, "Oh, we're gonna do a grief ritual." I was like, "I'm not doing a grief ritual. Mm. No, I don't need a grief ritual." And she said, "Oh, girlfriend, you need a, yourself a grief ritual." I was like. <laughs> no, I not at the time I hadn't had lost my parents, you know, I hadn't been and she said, honey, you carry so much grief, you have no idea your culture is so alive with grief, right. And so we argued about it for the, about two months and she said, do you want me to come back because at the time I lived in Virginia to Virginia or do you want, not want to see me again because that's what we're doing. And I was like, Oh, I, I want to see you again. Uh, so we did a grief ritual, and then, then after that, for the next 17 years, I traveled with her and helped you know helped her uh, do the grief rituals and learned how to do do uh, grief rituals, and it changed my life because I'm better off with the grief ritual. I, I mean, there's so much to grieve that's more than death. It's about obviously divorces. It's about mm-hmm rites of passage. It's like, um, illness. It's, I mean, there's so many different layers of grief that we do so alone in this culture. And what she taught us is you don't grieve alone. You grieve in community Hmm. because you need to be held in your grief. And, um, so that was the biggest gift she gave me was the grief ritual. And so after doing that with her just a few times, I became her assistant and, fell in love with all the rituals she taught me. Now, I'm not an African, so I don't I don't translate it exactly like she would. I've learned how to bring it more in a modern context, but what she taught me was the most valuable thing was be yourself. Be yourself and be honest about when you mess up. Be honest about, you know, who you are and the choices you've made and how you want to learn from them. Oh, that's so good.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: We also, I
0: think, in especially in these days, we need inner peace and it's hard to find. Do you is there any kind of ritual? Maybe it's the grief ritual. Is there a ritual for that? And could you teach us?
3: <laughs> I mean, there's kinds of rituals. I have an easy ritual that you could do.
0: Uh-huh.
3: You just get a glass of water. Because water is life, and water is the element that represents release letting go clarity opening and peace so take a glass of water
0: water we all have water kim
3: okay yeah (laughs) you would just take a moment before you drink that water and and just connect to the water and then you would say something like as i drink this water may may it flow into my body And open me, open me up to a peaceful way of being today. Wow. All day. You could just, every time you're out of alignment of peace, you just pick up that glass and, and just really take a moment to allow yourself to feel it move through you. Because we have water inside of us, right? Yeah. May I have an easy gentle, peaceful flow throughout this day. I may love I that. In my oh, own, yeah. May I flow in my, whatever, you, with my children. May I, may I be at peace when they're driving me crazy, you mm-hmm. know, whatever it may be. I love that because
1: that- <laughs> so many, I, I find that so many people's excuses are that there's not enough time. And it's really just getting into the habit Of implementing these, even if it's this little short thing, you know, like in the morning, I'll do a ritual where I just look out the window, look for something beautiful, say something I'm grateful for, take a few breaths and say a mantra. And it takes one minute, you know, but just starting the day like that, like um, in the water. I love that because imagine if you did that 10 times a day, how much more inner peace you would have. And believe me, sometimes I need to do it 10 times a day. Mm (laughs)
0: Right. Yeah. It depends what's going on in your day. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah I get the world it. Is wreaking havoc. Yes. Yeah. Right.
1: Yes. And it must it must be um different in training teens and working with teens now than it was, say, 20 years ago. And so what what are some of the ways it is different and, and how are you working with them
3: now? I mean, I think it's been, I mean, our teens have gotten a raw stick always. Our teens are at their most creative stages in their lives is what I really believe. And if they are not mentored and held and, and given a container to be authentically themselves, that's when it gets crazy. We don't have enough mentoring going on. We don't, how do you awaken a humanitarian heart when our culture has forgot what it is to be in community and collaboration and yet alone humanitarians.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: And so, um, I think it's about helping them to realize that they're necessary and needed.
0: Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's that's their value. That was my next question I was going to ask you about, um, you know, when someone lacks the sense of value and sense of self-worth, acceptance, things like that, um, what do you do to you kind of already talked about it? What do you do to help them to get there, to know their
3: worth? I mean, there's nothing better than giving time and energy to something that that makes you really realize how important you are and how necessary you are. So I through, I mean, individually, I work with young people to help them to realize that they're not their emotion, that that that's that could be what's r- running the show. But mm-hmm. how do you. Separate yourself from the feeling so you you know you you don't dismiss the feeling, you don't ignore that you're feeling grief, you don't end it, but how can I then get centered and then ask myself, what do I really need in this moment to -hmm. support me with what's going on? Now, when you're working in groups to bring projects and you start like getting having discussions, what do you love? I mean, why do we think? that the only way you can be happy in the world is through your job. Mm -hmm. What about being happy through your being? Yeah. So I like in the village, your gift could be the person who speaks the truth, no matter what. Mm -hmm. That's me. (laughs) Or the person person who feels for the, for the village, right? Mm -hmm. The Person who can change a story to see another way. Mm Mm-hmm. So I try to divide them into like, do you, are you a storyteller? Do you see a vision? Do you hold the vision for the group? Are you, are you a writer? Are you um, an artist? Um, You know, are you the one that can hold the energy for the group to really gather and be grounded? Mm -hmm. You know, is it your, do you speak from your heart? And how can we translate that so people can feel the project from a from a bigger perspective? So I try to help them think what their gift is, as in the physical gifts. but What's the gift inside?
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. And I think there's people that can say they have many of those gifts, the ones that you named that not just they don't just have one. And I, that does make someone feel more confident and self-assured, secure.
1: Mm hmm. Right. And, and it's the thing that I see a lot is that parents are not accepting of their child. Like if their habit is a certain thing or their sexual preference or how they want to dress or, and the parents are immediately just like condemning the child and then the child feels disconnected and not enough. You know, they feel like they're not valued. And I'm seeing it a lot because I have a high schooler I'm seeing it through, you know, people she knows and people that she talks about. Um, So what, you know, your type of groups can be huge for that. Yeah. Do you ever have that challenge with teenagers that they just can't get out of their head with what has been going on at home?
3: I mean, don't we all have that challenge, right? I mean, culturally, I think we're in one of the biggest challenges of our time. You know, yeah, you don't see it from this perspective, something's wrong with you. If you don't see it from that perspective, everybody's in battling about what's Divided. right. And, wrong. and so, a lot of anxiety for these kids, um, and, and a lot of not knowing how to listen to themselves. But you can't even blame just the parents, the parents have been raised that way too, right? So, it's like, how do you help everybody start to see the how necessary it is to come together and to collaborate and not to parent by ourselves in our little bubble because that's when it doesn't work if we don't have a lot of mothers when when we start to think like Sabamfu didn't know who her real mother was in the village
2: mm-hmm. a
3: stranger came in and said i want to i want to talk to your mom and she's like well they're all my mom's what mom which mom huh so that at the age of five that's when she realized she had a mother that gave birth to her up until then she didn't really know that she had one mom so she said she was really smart she said i'd go to different moms because i knew different ones were going to tell me what i wanted to hear oh my gosh (laughs) how brilliant (laughs) i think I but think it, we it it's really tough to mother and father by yourselves in this culture and the, always to be fighting against how you can make the money, you know, instead of seeing that we we all can do it better together.
0: Yeah, right. Yes, absolutely. More
3: community and more collaboration. Yeah, I mean yeah, it starts with the community. My my son, when Sabamfu passed, I called him and I said, um. Sabonfu died and he said I lost one of my moms and then my heart like kind of opened up and I thought oh I did something right he knows he oh. has more than one mother <laughs> you know so, yeah yeah that
1: gave me tears too <laughs> um yeah. do you have a favorite memory or experience with Sibonfu in Africa or here
3: that stands out golly i mean that that's a i mean my book i have many of them i have a book out about my relationship with her called walking with sabongfu and um to have a favorite story i might one of my favorite stories was my first story with her um where i picked her up at the airport with my girlfriend and she she gets in the back seat i was going to get in the you know have her sit in the front seat and we were trying to be very prim and pop proper right we were trying to you know put on our best foot foot forward right and uh thinking like wow we're really with a a, a really amazing spiritual woman all of a sudden she starts talking about farting <laughs> and I look at my girlfriend and she looks at me and we're kind of like what is going on and she said you're at I-, I later said to her why did and I joined in, I had a fault, follow- my, one of my dad's stories, <laughs> out, you know, that my dad did, that was funny. And she said, if you'd not joined me, joined in with me, you were acting like my, you know, stuff was different than your stuff. And uh, like, you were putting me on a pedestal. And if you didn't come down off of that, I knew you were not who I was going to be able to work with. Wow. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Right, and so I, I would say that that was one of my, that was one of my first interaction with her, and it just got better from then on. You know, there yeah, were many, there's so that. many in 17 years that I, um, just who she was, her authentic presence and her and her fullness of not really ever caring what anybody thought, was what I loved mm-hmm.
0: Did she live a long life? How old was she when she passed? Yes.
3: She was 48 when she passed when, oh, you, when you um, have had dirty water at work mm, mm. where you have to walk six to 12 hours to get water. And sometimes you have to take ash, you know, and put it up against the, the creek and squeeze water out of it and drink dirty water. You have illness. You know, uh, so she died at a young age from, um, from the water. Oh, uh, Wow.
1: Well, she made a huge mark. Jeez, she really uh-huh. she really did.
3: She yeah. Did.
0: But it's, it's just like, you know, eye opening, though, that we take that for granted so much.
3: I mean, water's life, right? Yeah. It comes, through, comes you, back you. around to that. Yep. Back to this water thing where you if you drink it. I mean, when they when they step over water or when they drink water, they actually touch it in reverence and gratitude. Mm-hmm. So when you're in the village, they touch it. And then they step over because it's, it's such a gift. It's not taken for granted. It's not taken lightly. Wow.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm just like blown away by that. Yeah. Taking it. in. (laughs) I'm going to look at water differently. Me too. Forever. I'm, I love water anyway. So I'm glad, I'm glad I appreciate water, but I don't think I appreciated it as much as I should now.
3: I mean, I didn't, will now. I didn't appreciate it until I didn't have it the first time I went over. I didn't have any, you know, water out of a sink or anything. And I was given a little bit of water to wash with for two weeks. Like we bought bottled water in the, in Ouagadougou, which is the capital of Burkina Faso. But, you know, it's precious. And, you know, after two weeks of not having a shower or a bath and, mm. Being in the village, I fell asleep on the plane five minutes after I got back to go home. And the teenager that was with me who came up with the idea said to me, what did you think about when they sprayed you? And I was like, they sprayed us? Yeah, she said, they sprayed us with chemicals, I guess, so we don't carry bugs or anything into the States. And I was oh, like, yeah, I slept through it, honey. She's like, you oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like yeah, that's how tired I was. You know, so I have I take a shower still to this day with gratitude for having having water in a shower. And we need to worry about that because we don't have a lot of water here in Orange County. You know, it is a problem. Right.
1: Right. A lot of places, Central California, same thing. yeah. Yeah. So with all the things we were talking a little before the show and you do so many things, you know, um what would you feel is the thing that most feels on purpose and in your truth?
3: Oh wow, that's so hard because I love everything that I do. I love seeing kids individually. I love my teen groups and my water project. I love walking for water and and through Wisdom Spring. I love the nonprofit work. Um I love my women's circles. I mean, I, I don't think I have. I mean, you're asking a lot of me to tell. I don't have a favorite. I like wearing many hats. It's part of what makes me. I'm I'm what you call a fire. I'm from the fire clan and in Sabamfu's tradition. And fire is about the vision and the bigger purpose and running fast and going for it. And she used to say, slow down. You know, slow down. People can't keep up with you sometimes. And I was like, well, what's wrong with that?
0: <laughs> oh. All-? Something must be wrong with them because
3: there's nothing I, wrong with I had me. To really I had to really realize it was me that needs to sometimes slow down and drink my water and bring in peace right back mm-hmm. to So I like everything I do. I, I it'd be hard for me to make a choice to be honest. Maybe the teenagers in my walking for water project is probably the top.. That's yeah. so
1: meaningful. Well,
3: wow. he wants to not raise enough money that people don't have to walk six hours for water one, one way. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 also support you know, our youth and being humanitarians. It doesn't get any better than that, you know. Really doesn't. So.
0: And do you do you have um, a link to that project that you're doing with the
3: water that you can share? Okay. It's Wisdom Spring. Dot org and if you look at the testimonial page on that you will see these teenagers speaking about why this project really touches their hearts and and how alive they feel in making a difference and it's um, and you can see we have an upcoming walk in Orange County on May um, 22nd at Laguna Beach High School and then I am on the east Coast on May 7th. Um, doing uh, a walk at Morven Park Equestrian Center, which is a, a beautiful beautiful place in Leesburg, Virginia, outside of Washington D.C. Where I have schools, I go into to there also. So I'm always looking for more schools too. So awesome! I know I have
1: kids, so you do too, Eden. You can come over and we can all go do the walk.
3: True.
0: Yeah, that would be that would be really good. I, I yeah, know. I'm I'm like I'm on board now. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Join me. And I like, I, I'll I, go to your kids' schools, too, because it's 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 so much fun to see these kids grow. And I really do get to see them step into their leadership qualities and their their gifts. And it's so much fun to be a part of. It's just the best. So. I love. Yeah. It. There needs to be more
1: of that.
0: Absolutely. Um, I know I'm just it's making me think about me, myself, my kids about, you know, what are our gifts? And <laughs> how can we, <laughs> how can we help right people? Here. Yeah,
3: you are yeah. using your voice right here, right now. Yes, true.
0: You're right about that. So thank you, <laughs> Kim, you're drinking water.
1: <laughs> I know. And a little bit just spilled on me. And then it made me go, oh my gosh, I just wasted water.
3: <laughs> like no. it's, you're, it's just, maybe, maybe it's about telling you like, hey, take that water in. Just take it. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, it needed to be in my body. It spilled on me. So that's good.
3: <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. That's
1: true. right.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, I used to, uh, I grew up being taught that you shouldn't drink from the faucet. But I guess it's, it's probably a thousand times cleaner than what they have in Africa.
3: Oh, my golly. I mean, it is so much cleaner. I mean, Sabumpu, when she first came to the States, said, um, you know, here she is, she's in this new land, right? And there's this magic. And she wrote her villagers and said, there's magic. And they, and so she described a faucet and she said she would go in and turn it on and just to watch the water drip out of it. Oh, the- wow. You know, and I thought, oh, isn't that just beautiful to think like that is magic. If you've never had water, that is magic. Right. You know something we take so for granted in our lives, which is amazing to me so yeah.
0: Wow Okay, so you can you tell us a little bit about where Well, not a little tell us how to find you tell the audience how to find you and any projects you have coming up, other than what you've already shared.
3: Well, I have, like I said, I have the two walks coming up and there's an app. So you can join us from anywhere in the country on an app when we do it. But I also have a book that came out this year called uh, Walking with Sabomfu," And uh, here it is right here. Oh, okay. Really sweet book. It kind of talks about my walk with her at when she was alive. And now that she's passed how I still walk with her and, um, and it Mm -hmm. talks about the elements and, um, kind of a a modern version of what she taught me. So um, it's a a sweet little book. And somebody said, you know, how do you feel about this book? And I said, you know, I just became a grandmother, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, if anything were to happen to me, my son, my grandson will really know his grandmother through what was it like to have a friendship that transformed you Mm -hmm. and and the value of what it is to be connected in community and to collaborate and to really work with people together and making a difference in the world. Mm-hmm. Great legacy to leave. Yes. So I, I think I wrote it. I mean, that I think he inspired me as almost as much as her. Not quite as Yeah.
0: Much. And what is the name of her
3: book? Her um. The Spirit of Intimacy is the one that I read and Welcoming Spirit Home. Falling Out of Grace is difficult to get right now um, because she's passed away and I've not figured out how to get it published again. But mm-hmm. Spirit of Intimacy and Welcoming Spirit Home. And they're both just beautiful books. And she also um, is on Sounds True, uh, Women's Wisdom. I think it's called Women's Wisdom. I did did that with her and she it's six CDs about women and their wisdom. Uh, it's a beautiful, um, beautiful six CDs where she just talks six, she talks straight through and um and it's a beautiful, beautiful work she's done also.
0: Wow, and that can
3: be that's sold where? Amazon. Once and I think that one, the, um Amazon you can get the books. Um all, all of the books, my book and her two books and you can get get her um six CDs on Sounds Sounds true. Okay, and how we find you on
1: social media? Living your gifts.
3: Livingyourgifts.com. Yes, livingyourgifts.com. So. Right. Awesome. Well, thank you. I feel
1: honored that we had you on, and I feel like it. To me, it's so amazing how one half hour or an hour talking to someone can shift your whole perspective. Mm-hmm. and anchor you into new ways of living. And I feel like you've done that. So I can't wait for our listeners to hear your interview.
3: Well, I'm so I'm so proud to be on here and I'm so grateful for the work you all are doing and how you're bringing different things forward. So thank you for your work and thank you for your gifts um, because the more we live them, the better off we are. So thank you both. Oh,
0: yeah. Thank you. Thank you. you yeah, she's like, I feel so different now. <laughs> <laughs> Inspired.
1: You
3: guys are gonna have mm-hmm. to come, you know, hang with me. I'm not that far I know away. I'm
1: I'm close by. I go to Laguna Beach all the you? time. Where are you? Oh, she's in
3: this the seven oh,
1: the Valley. By oh. Magic Mountain.
3: Gotcha. Magic Mountain. See? Yeah, but yeah. she can come over to my house. And then we so can what meet year you. were you guys born in? What year were you born in? I'm um, seven uh <laughs> go ahead i'm 73 oh so you would be the nature clan um i which, am yes. okay and mine is my year is 71. oh you're water sweetheart
1: oh i get to be water
3: <laughs> and so nature uh,
1: nature matches me for sure
3: yeah nature is all about helping people to to go through changes and challenges and to um you know, to be their authentic, take off their mask and be who they are really meant. Totally. To be. Yeah. Water is all about, like I said, helping people with to um, move to dive deep into who they are, to go with the flow, to help people open to more peace and um, to hit them like a tsunami when they aren't listening to you. Oh, that's me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is. It is so that's me.
1: why we're a good, a good match to co-host together I mean that actually is a nice balance right there so yeah <laughs> so all right well thank you and thank you everyone for listening
0: thank you we'll make plans to hang out
3: <laughs> I look forward to it thank you for having me okay really, really appreciate it bye ladies Bye. bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Talk Purpose and Truth Podcast. Find out more at TalkPurposeAndTruth.com and follow us at Talk Purpose Truth on Instagram and Facebook.